Thank you so much, Ryan and Silly Ann, for leading us in worship. My name is Michael. I'm the pastor resident here at City Life Church. And of course, this is Pastor Pedro. Um, we're doing announcements together today. Um, before we get into it, I, I want to talk about what our church did last week. Um, last week, we had such an amazing time. Um, we went to the, the event that was held by the Jersey City Pastors United uh, here our land. Um, and then our group, guys, it, it really talked about, and it talked about a lot of things we're going to talk about today. It was great to be a part of seeing the city of Jersey City churches come together and, and keeping the city accountable um, for changes that we want to see happen. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And uh, this week, I also just want to mention one last time that after service today, we're doing inroads. And we do inroads a couple of times a year, and it w it's really made for a couple of people. It's made for anyone who is very new to our church. And if you want to know more about what we believe, the vision, the mission of what we're going after for our city, uh, join this call. We're going to put the link at the, end of the at the end of the service. But if you're brand new and you want to know more, then come to Inroads. This is also for someone who's been with us for a little bit, but wants to jump in more, wants to join an MC, wants to really dive into our community. Then Inroads is for you. Please come and join us and hear what we're working towards here, our heart for our city, the, the mission that God has given us. But this is also today for people who um, God has been calling you to serve and to dig deeper and to dive deeper and to actually uh, serve the church body that you're a part of. And so Inroads today is also for you. I've heard from a couple of people that you want to do more, that God is calling you to do something in our church body. And so if you have any notion of that, if God is calling you to step up in our church like in a way that you haven't already, then come to Inroads. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have some of our oversight team members really talking about the heart of our church. Also, we just I just want to give a huge shout out to Theo and Morgan because we just I married them this morning and it was an amazing time. God was there. Uh, we wish that all of the City Life crew could have been out there, but Theo and Morgan, we love you as a church. We're so happy for you. And here's a picture of them looking so beautiful. Congratulations, so happy for you guys. All the love from City Life Church. But all right guys, uh, I wanna say, we wanna start our announcements now. I wanna say, if you are new, um, Say down hi in the comments. Say hi in the comments. I'm down there saying hi. Uh, we are a church. We love uh, people. We love interaction. So if you're new, just say hi um, and, and light up that comment section down below. But also, I encourage you to go to our website, citylifenj.com new. Fill out the form and someone will get in contact with you this week. Another way to connect with us is our mission communities. And that's our family-sized communities on mission together mm -hmm. guys i, I want to keep saying it every single week if you guys are not part of a missional community you guys have to be a part of one here's where we live out the the one another verses here's what during this time where there's so much unrest so much things going on it's great to be able to go to with brothers and sisters um to speak really how you feel to be confident in how you feel and not feel judged as the world is uh, judging everyone and any anywhere you fall you're getting judged it's great to come into the body and, and be able to speak and not only just speak we also talk about the bible talk about the word what does god to say about things so guys go to our website philipnj.com slash missional dash communities for more information also guys our giving is 100 percent online if your income has remained the same please give at philipnj.com slash give and if your income has not remained the same Guys, I'm going to keep saying it every single week. Um, if you need help during this time, um, please do not hesitate to, to access the callers. Um, we love, God has blessed our church to be a blessing to others. So go to our website, actually email us at info.clifenj.com and let us know the request. Whatever it is, if you, if you or you know someone as well, if you know someone, we can bless them as well. So guys, just let us know about that. I really hope you guys are enjoying our new platform. Um, we've been having great success on the platform. We have no issues so far. But as technology goes and we know, um, there can always be a mistake. So if there's any mistake, guys, um, make sure you stay on, on the comments, stay in, in the chat, and we will drop down a Facebook link um, to redirect if anything ever goes wrong with our videos. But God blessing, it has not, nothing has gone wrong. 
yet in my last announcement guys i want to talk about our live prayer button um if anytime during the sermon something hits you or you just want to talk to one of the the, uh, the prayer team um just hit that live prayer someone will talk to you someone will pray with you um during the time that's one of the great functions of uh having the live prayer button um and i encourage you guys to press it at any time during the service but all right guys let's get to our sermon Hey guys, our reading is going to be out of two scriptures this week, but our first one we're going to start uh, out of Micah chapter 6, starting at verse 6. Please read with me. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with a calf a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousand of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. We're also going to be reading from the very end of Micah, the last chapter, the last three verses, chapter 7, starting in verse 18. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depth of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, church. Welcome again. We're so glad that we're all here again. We're continuing our interruption series because we interrupt our lives for the things that happen and that are important enough, enough for us to say, hey, we need to talk about this. We need to address this. We need to make sure our heart is okay in this so that we can go forward and that we can be about doing God's, God's work in our city and our nation. And we're doing things a little differently. I'm joined here with Michael, um, because this is not only my voice that we need to hear. We need to hear voices um, of our people, diverse voices that we have in our in our church. Uh, diversity isn't everything, but we celebrate it what we have, and we ask God to make it make us strong, so that we hear different voices and we hear all of the ways in which God works in our world that uh, are that are out of my experience. And so today we're going to continue to be speaking about uh, God's truth and how it leads us towards societal change, how it should lead us towards um, racial justice, racial reconciliation, and just Jesus's justice, the justice that only God can bring and that he only brings through the church. Because if the church doesn't care about this, if the church remains silent in this issue and in other justice issues, then... I'm afraid that we've lost a very big part of what Jesus did in his Gospels and what God did in all of the, his biblical narrative. And this week I've heard a couple of uh, things that have concerned me in the larger Christian talk. You know, I, I've heard some people talk about how we need to be careful about not losing ourselves in social justice and, uh, and losing the Gospel. But I, we're here to say today that if we don't care about social justice, then we have never read the Gospels in the first place. And so we continue to look after ways of how Jesus is calling us to minister in our city to join the larger context, the larger conversation in our country. But how do we serve one another in our church? How do we pin ourselves to the Gospel? And how do we keep on going after what Jesus has for us? You know, I, I've heard another thing that has really uh, made me uncomfortable a lot this week. And it's this idea that some uh, Christians believe that the Bible or God's story doesn't care or doesn't talk about societal issues. And we're also here to say here today that that is far from the truth. That you cannot take out Jesus's God's narrative of justice throughout all of his scripture. In the Old Testament, we cannot read the Old Testament without reading about how God cares for what happens in the world, for what happens in this culture that he's bringing, the society that he is building in Israel. He cares very, very, very deeply. 
we can't read any of the prophetic books without seeing that God had something to say about the injustice that Israel was doing to themselves or another country over another country. God cares very passionately and he has always set up people to speak his truth, to bring his people towards taking care of everyone that they ever come in contact with. And so today that brings us to a place where we have to focus on justice, kindness, and walking humbly with God. You know, we're going to be in Micah today. We're going to really talk about the story of Micah, and Michael's going to focus on one of the most famous passages in the Old Testament. Because last week we started this conversation. We, we, we needed to know that, hey, as a church, we stand for justice in all of its forms for all people, and not just for certain people or certain parts of culture, but we are called to serve everyone in every part of our culture. And, and anyone facing injustice, that's where we should be, and that's where we need to stay awake. You know, we, we can't even read, read Luke 15 if you're still struggling with this call to justice. Read about how every parable in that chapter talks about Jesus going after the ones that are hurt and the ones that are lost. Jesus cares very deeply about us uh, helping people who are being oppressed and facing injustice. So, But today we're going to be in Micah, and I'm going to get the ball rolling for us in Micah, because Micah is a beautiful book. It's a beautiful prophetic book in our Old Testament. And this is the problem, you know. All of the prophets, all of the prophetic books, God is there's a problem in Israel, and God is talking to them. Either the kingdom in the south, or the kingdom in the north, and God is not liking what he's seeing, and so he brings a prophet to go and speak his truth to interrupt what was happening. And Micah is this really interesting book about two, really two problems that were happening in their country. The first was that the rich were permanently stealing the land from the poor, which was something in the Torah that God said should not happen. In God's government, you don't permanently lose the land. We can read passages, uh, other passages where it talks about the, his government and his economy and the year of Jubilee and all that. Um, but just know that it, the, steal, the permanent stealing of the land was unjust and something that God told them to never do. And then to make that worse, these rich people that were doing this were paying the judges and were paying the prophets to give bad rulings and also bad oracles so that it would support what they wanted. The very people that were supposed to keep this nation honest, that were supposed to keep God's kingdom honest, were just looking out for themselves. And, and I wanted to read to us Mike, uh, a little portion of Micah 3. This is really the picture. It's a beautiful picture. It's a hard-to-hear picture of what injustice really does to people. You know, Starting in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, it says, And I said, Hear you, heads of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, it is not for you to know justice, you who hate good and love the evil, who tear the skin off of my people and their flesh from off their bones, who eat the flesh of my people and flay their skin from off of them, and break their bones in pieces and chop them up like meat in a pot, like a flesh in a cauldron. And this is the picture. This is how... God views injustice as that we are just destroying one another's humanity, ripping one another apart. Uh, when we say yes to injustice, we are just destroying God's creation, destroying people that God loves. But the reason why we believe in this God, the reason why Jesus is our Savior, is because He never just leaves us with the problem, but He's always about giving us solution. Micah, more than a lot of other prophetic books, really takes these two ideas of judgment and hope. And, and this whole story, they just clash and clash and clash. And it brings us to Micah 6, 8, where Michael is going to speak to us today about what, what does God call us to do? What is the work that he actually calls us to be about? And so, Michael, go for it. Yeah, guys, we're going to be going through Micah 6, um, really focusing on verse 8. But before we get into that, I, I want to start this off. This is really just a conversation between us. <laughs> um, and I want to start off with just some of the struggles I've been going through through the last couple of weeks of everything going on. Uh, I just want to share what some struggles I've been going through. Um, and I guess the first one will be a reminder that 
this world is not good, right? Um, for the most part, we kind of live our lives. We do what we have to do. And we know that the world is not good, but it really doesn't, we, didn't, we don't see it. You know, we, just, we see it, but then we don't see it. And it's been heightened that, you know, this world is not up to God's standard. And it's not even striving for God's standard. So that's been uh, a struggle, uh, something I've been wrestling with during this week. And I'll also say the own racial scars of my past. You know, there is, I've had a lot of incidents um, in my past of um, racial injustice towards me. And some of those things I buried, you know, not the best thing to do. Um, but they're coming, you know, things is uh, like when you bury things that, you know, you don't bury them dead, you bury them alive and they come back up stronger later in your life. And I feel like that's what's happening to me right now. Um, I feel like, you know, there's some things I need to ask for forgiveness for. And there's people I need to forgive as well. So, I mean, that's a good thing. But even so, that's just like, it's everything is on like high, high heightened alert. Um, also, I see that there's like a, a pity. <laughs> uh, people are like pitying me and my color um, for what I look like. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for you. And like, you know, and, and that's annoying. Like, right? People are... It seems like though they are upset of me being black. I don't know how to explain that. It might come off wrong, but there's just like a pity for me that I, I don't like or the, the black community, we don't need um, pity or people's sadness um, for us during this time. And the, one of the last things I'll share is that I've had a heightened sense of like um, relationship towards white people. Like the, like, like the tension is higher. Even in like slight conversations at work and things like that, I can just, I can just see people are just more on edge. They're more like, all right, let me make sure they're everything proper and right, and you know, and it's like a it's like a weird tension that's going on. Um, so so, and I guess the result of that is, that's <laughs> making me tired. I've been tired a lot more. Um, as you guys know, I have a crazy schedule. Uh, Janine and I get up at like two three a.m. So like, but it's just making me even tired, like seven, eight o'clock. I'm just like crashing um, just because of like everything to deal with. But I will say that God has been comforting me during this time um, with his presence and with his word as well. So it's been um, it's been great to, to come back to him during this time. But let's get into it. Um, let's get into Micah uh, 6, 8. Um, but let's pray. I really want to pray. I want God to speak my words. I want God to be in this atmosphere. And wherever you're at, I want the Spirit of God to be with you. So let's pray. Father, I first want to say thank you. Just thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing me to be here and giving me the opportunity to speak your word. I don't take it lightly and it's, it's not something to be taken lightly. I pray as we talk about justice, as we confront our own heart, that is done with a kind spirit, is done with your love and grace. And I pray that wherever anyone is listening to this, that your presence is with them. Your presence is in, in this room. Um, you, you block the distractions that the enemy is throwing at them right now. And, and as, we, as we seek to do your will, we pray that we will get over ourselves get over our own wants and needs and desires and that you will stand at the center of our universe. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, let's read the scripture one more time. Micah 6, verse 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings? With a calf a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn of my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. And that brings me to my first point, do justice. 
you know, this phrase, do justice, it, it seems a little wrong because justice is not something we do. Justice is something that is. But what the Lord is saying here is that justice is an action word, right? Justice is something we do. Something Justice is something that we it has to be actively done because if you actively don't do justice, there will be injustice, right? So, so let's talk about the, the biblical concept of justice. And when we say the word justice, there, there are two words um, or two meanings that this word justice. The first one is retributive justice. And this is the one of, of where it is bringing judgment um, through punishment, right? And this is one, one we see most when we think about justice. If you do something wrong, you pay the price for it. Um, that's retributive justice. And um, we have to be careful not to align ourselves with the world's definition of just justice. Um, the world, they will say that justice is more revenge, right? It, it, is there a personal revenge or personal vendetta against someone or something or um, even an ethnic group, right? They want justice against that group. Um, you know, they will say things like, oh, do something bad. Oh, karma. Karma will get you. And, and they'll, they'll say all these things except when it comes to them. Right? When, when, when they're in the hot seat, when they do something wrong, and we all do, they then want mercy and grace. It, it, it's so funny to see how the, how, the, how the script flips when they're in the hot seat. So, but this is in the Bible too, and this is biblical to have this retributive justice, and we seek for that. But more in the scriptures, we see God's heart for this type of justice that's called restorative justice. Now, this justice is, is really those who are higher up, they are seeking to bring those who are lower up to them for equality, right? That's justice. And, and another word for it is charity. And, and it's given to those who are less fortunate than you. But it's not just like giving money or I did my good, for the, my good deed for the day. It's not that type of charity because it goes a step further and, and it goes to advocacy as well. It's, it's a stance of, okay, I'm going to go alongside of you and I'm going to walk with you because you don't have a voice or your voice is not being heard. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to stand in limelight. I'm going to be in harm. I'm going to want to do the things to help you speak because you don't have a voice. Proverbs 21 verses 8 and 9 says this, Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. Right? This is what God God turns us to. This is what God's heart is towards. This type of justice. And the scriptures also talks about changing social structures to prevent injustice. So, right, so it's not just standing and marching and protesting with the people who are mute and don't have a voice, but it's about, okay, how can we change things to, to prevent injustice? And that's very similar to what we did uh, on Monday during our Heal Our Land event uh, with the church in Jersey City, right? We got together and we discussed policy change. We, we, we to, to our city, we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to put this, we're going to lay our city feet to the, for the flames and we're going to say, hey, we need policy change to, to stop injustice for this, for this unique people group, right? That's what the Bible calls us to. And, and we see this model perfect in Jesus, right? The answer is always Jesus, right? In Sunday school, I was learning the answer is always Jesus. And, and, and it might be a joke, but that is true. The answer is always Jesus, we see his life and we see the things he do. And if you think about one sentence that can perfectly describe Jesus' ministry, you have to go to Mark 10, verse 45. And it says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. All right, man, this is a powerful picture of charity. <laughs> And, and, and advocacy, and we'll see that more even in First John chapter two. It talks about Jesus being our advocate, right? He is the one who intercedes for us at the right hand of God. 
In Jeremiah uh, chapter 33, it talks about Jesus being our just king, our perfect priest, and our righteous prophet. And in Romans uh, chapter 5 verse 6, it says, While we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. And, and, and when we see Jesus, we have to see someone who came from such a high position. And he used his high position, not for his benefit, but to raise those in lowly places that reflect the dignity of those who are image barriers. We as a church, this is the justice we should seek. And we should seek to do this in our own lives as well. We should, we should look around and see those who are in need. We should seek to look around for those who don't have a voice and to stand with them and advocate for them. That brings me to my second point. Love, kindness. As you talk about loving kindness, uh, another translation also says love, mercy. But as we look into the Hebrew, it is more, it's more like uh, being faithful to the covenant or, or like love others faithfully. And this reminds me of, of Leviticus 19.18. And it says this. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. And what this is saying is that the way you treat people and, and the way you, you act towards people is an utmost importance to the Lord. But even if we take a normative reading of this, right, even that love, mercy, love, kindness, uh, we it, it seems to be communicating um, that we as individuals need to um, delight and delight in mercy, seek for mercy, want mercy towards other people. We ought to be quick to forgive and, and extend mercy to others. And, and the question is why? Why should we be quick to forgive? You know, things are being done towards me that I don't like. I don't want to be quick to forgive. But if we look in the scriptures, it, it says that the the cross, simply, right? The cross is why we need to be quick to forgive. And, and, and in the scripture, it talks about he who has been forgiven much loves much, right? If you if you don't love much, it is, it's really, you're not being reminded of the cross. You know, every time I want to spew hate, every time I want to do things that are not of God, anytime I want good and evil on my own terms, I look towards the cross, and this reminds me of what God has done to me. How have I offended God? All the things I've done to offend God, I look towards the cross. And it makes the things that my brother or a fellow human have done towards me, makes them this big. When I think, of, when I think about the cross. And, and also, as we see in this verse, is how we want to be treated. Right? When I do something wrong, I don't want people to treat me harshly. Like That's not my desire. And, and we see love your neighbor yourself. That's a New Testament thing. God's been saying this since, since the beginning. That's God desires for his people. When he set up his own people in his own land, he said, hey, love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor is anyone that God has uh, enabled you to come in contact with. It's not just a person who lives next door, right? It is anyone in your circle of life that you can communicate with, that is your neighbor, and you are to treat them with love, and you will treat them as you want to be treated. And that brings me straight to my third point, and it's to walk humbly. To walk humble, I would say, is a balance between the fear of God and the love of God. Or it's a battle between your pride and your worthlessness, right? So we have two sides, and, and most people, we're on either side. We're on the left, we're on the right. You know, if you're on the pride side, you, you know, you, when you think of yourself, you think of yourself as I'm just a little bit lower than the angels. You know, I, I'm nearly perfect. And when you take up this attitude, you have a view that that God is along for your own ride. And you become God in your life. And you determine what is right and wrong. When pride 
is at the helm. But we have another side too. When we try to walk humbly with God, um, and I call this false humility. It looks good, but it's really self pity. We we have a thing where um, we're, we're all my deeds are filthy rags and. Uh, nothing I do can please God, but uh, I try to do the best I can, and like it's this self pity. Um, but I was, and this is one I struggle with more too. So I'm kind of talking to myself. Um, but I would say that leads to sin. Um, when you have that mindset, it leads to things like, oh well, it doesn't matter anyway. It doesn't matter anyway. All my deeds are dirty. Uh, uh, all my deeds are filthy rags. And I, and I just want to ask this: Can we can we stop saying that? As a church, as the people who have the spirit in us, can we stop saying that our deeds are filthy rags before the Lord? Here, here I want to read you a scripture. Here is what, here's how God sees your deeds. Hebrews 13, verses 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glorified forever and ever. Amen. Right? That's how God sees our deeds, as pleasing in his sight. Now, if you are using your deeds to get into heaven, that's when it's filled your acts, right? That's what Isaiah was talking about in his book. Right, they were using their deeds. They were looking at. They were using their deeds to build their resumes. Like, hey, God, look how good I look. Here's the things I'm doing, and God said that's worthless to me. Those things are worthless. Without the heart, they're worthless. But we who are, who are has the spirit and we do things for God's glory and honor, that is pleasing in God's sight. And I say to welcome you, God. We have to remember uh, this important fact. That God is the center of the world, not us. Whatever God says is important, is important. You know, and, and sometimes we fall into the trap, the same thing the Pharisees fell into. Here's what God said to the Pharisees in Matthew uh, 23, verse 23. He said, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, but have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you have, these you have ought to done without neglecting the others. Right? He said, yeah, tithe. That, that's a good thing. That's part of the law. But don't neglect the things that are most important to God. Justice, mercy, and faithfulness to his covenant. So to walk humbly with God, I would say we have to fight two things. Um, the first one is vanity or is uh, being being stubborn or or uh, like stiff-necked that, that the Bible says. And to do this, we have to avoid the temptation of appearing to be better than others. We have to avoid that temptation of being saying, hey, like I got it all together. I'm blessed. I'm always good. And we have to admit these three crucial words. I was wrong. <laughs> right? That's so hard for us to admit. We don't want to admit that we were wrong. That people are they're going to think less of us. They're not going to respect us. So we just we keep being puffed up with our pride. And the second step is to fight self-pity. Right? We, we, we have to stop uh, questioning God's love for us. You know, I, I know someone who, who like, they were scared to even go outside. They were scared to walk or live because they, they were so afraid, like, oh, God's going to be displeased with me or oh, God's going to bring his love for me. And, 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 I, and I just I had to just sit with them and say, like, God, he's a God of love, right? He, he loves us. He, even when we stumble, when we come back to him, that's what delights in God when we, when we come back to him. So don't live in this fear of stepping and going each other way. And we also have to fight the, the feeling of, of our, our deeds are worthless. Like God cares for the things we do, the things we stand for. Um, that's what he's put in our heart. And that's what he wants us to stand for. So we have to fight against self-pity. And as we look at these things, to do justice, to love kindness, to walk humbly with our God,
you know, this is our goal. This is, is what God has required of us. Definitely in times when there, there are mass injustice uh, that are going around in our culture and community. And, but we have to be very careful not to try to do these things on our own power. We can only do these things with the help of Holy Spirit. Right? Because if we, if we try to do these things on our own power, you know what it's going to look like? It's going to look like what's going on right now. It's going to be, if we try to do it on our own power, we're going to cater to our individual need for justice. And we will, we will oppress those that don't benefit us. Right? It, it, it would, doing things on our own power results in things that we're seeing today. But we have to do these things by the help of Holy Spirit. And when I say help, I don't mean assistance, right? I don't mean like I'm doing 90% of the work. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come and do the rest of the 10%. This help is, is different than the word help. Um, in the Bible, it's called Ezer. And the first time we see it is when God created um, Adam and then he created Eve. And he said, hey, I will make a helpmate for the man. Um, we see this word Ezer. And when it's used over the rest of the time in Scripture... It's referring to God helping Israel overcome an enemy, helping Israel in the promised land, helping Israel get to the promised land. And without this help, the people of Israel wouldn't have made it. So this is a life-saving help. And this is exactly how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. It is life-saving. Without him, we cannot do it on our own. You know, and that gives me a lot of hope. Definitely in these days, because, because I would say that it's, it's hard to be black in America, right? As a black man in America, I feel homeless in a sense. Like, I feel like I don't have anyone or anywhere to go to. It's hard to be an American because I feel like America is not proud of me. You know, all my life I had to go through the looks. And if you're black, you know what I'm talking about. The jokes, the, the unfair comments. You know, the pats on the back for being a nice black guy and not a nice guy. And I feel like that I'm on a, the edge <laughs> of breaking. Like, I feel like I'm on the edge of, of raging out. And, and as we sit and, and we see what's going on in our culture and we see that people are rising up to, to, to judge the riots and the protests and to make fun of those things, for most people, they think it's a result of temporary or recent events, right? They think it's a result of recent events that has happened in our culture, right? The recent injustice that we have been seeing with the deaths uh, of the people we have seen in our culture. They think it's because of that. But, but the result of the riots and the protests and the things that are going on, it, it's from a deep, a deep generational injustice, from deep generational devaluing of human life. It, and it really is a cry for help. We, as black people in America, we are traumatized. And what trauma is, trauma is a lasting shock as a result of, of emotional harm or physical injury. And, and, and that's what's really going on. And it wasn't for the grace of God, there go I. But because the Spirit lives in me, I've been comforted two ways. First, I've been comforted that God is in control. You know, and, and I don't want you to take that lightly because when you when you sit and you really realize that the Lord is in control, He is the Lord of justice. Justice and righteousness are the foundations of His throne. It gives you peace. Like, all right, God is in control. And number two is that God sees me. He sees me. He sees us. He sees what's going on. He's not blind to it. 
his desire for me personally is to show the world that there is a God in heaven by loving my enemies, by praying for those who persecute me, and for, giving, and for living a life of forgiveness because that's what his son Jesus did. That's what Jesus modeled for us as Christians. As he was being nailed to the cross, his prayer was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I've been seeing a post on social media go around and it says something like this. It says, we can disagree on some things and be friends, but racist, racism is not one of them, right? So they're saying like, if you're racist, we're not friends. I'm just cutting you off. We're not friends. And, and I just want to say publicly that if you are racist, we can still be friends. If, if, you, if you advocate for all lives matter in the face of Black Lives Matter, and like, I'm right, this is right, all lives matter, we can still be friends. I, I don't hate you. Because my definition for good and evil and how humans are to be treated does not come from me. It comes from God. And God in his word is very clear that every human is an image barrier of him, is created equal, worthy of honor and respect, and has and possesses inherent value. And my challenge is that all of us, all of us as the church will come together and do justice will unify and be advocates for those who can't speak, those who need help, to bring godly justice on the world and to walk humbly with our God. Church, to, to close off Micah, to close off this story, this part of our interruption, we see the problem here in Micah's story. That God is very unpleased with what he's seeing of how the poor are made even poor and given no way to come out of it. How the rich are taking advantage and paying all the wrong, the people to do all the wrong things to side with them. We see how God's word here, we see that when people are being uh, treated unjustly, it's like we're killing them and ripping them apart and destroying their humanity. And though we think it's just for our gain, we're really just destroying God's creation and people that God has made and has loved. And then, and then we see what, what Michael was talking about in, in, cha in chapter 6, verse 8. And we see that God, it, I like how it says, he, this is what's required. It's, like, this is, it's almost like this is the minimum for us to do justice with one another. For us to eliminate all the unjust things that we do to one another, to love kindness, to, to be in love with that forgiveness, with that meekness, with the treating each other with respect and the dignity that God calls every single person to have. And then to walk humbly with our God, to have this appropriate view of ourselves and what we should be doing, how we should be living our lives. And then somehow in Micah's story, this all comes together and like I said before, Micah's this book that weighs judgment and hope and they keep on clashing. And that it's like we talked about last week, that it is for our good, that we should be happy when God's anger boils over. Because when he boils over, when he think, when Jesus came and cleansed the temple, he starts healing people right afterwards. That God's anger and judgment make room for his healing to come, for him to make things right again. And then in this story, this, this doom that we keep on seeing here, Micah keeps on telling Israel that, oh, there's going to be an exile. Exile is coming. Another country is going to come and take us and destroy us. They're going to destroy everything that we know. They're going to destroy everything that God has built here. But then Micah ends in hope. Because, if, because when we belong to God, we always have hope. We're never without hope. 
And we, we turn to the last three verses of this story, where he says, Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever, because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities on their foot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham as you have sworn to our fathers from the days of old. Even in this, even in this hope, we see that God's anger will do produce good things to us. That when we submit our lives to him and when he wrecks us and does all the works and interrupts our lives, that we see here that, God, I need you to take all of my transgressions. I need your forgiveness and I need you to put me on the right path. And it's because God's steadfast love is always stronger and endures longer than his anger. That when we get his anger, it's to do a purpose and then for his love to come back. And also because of his covenant faithfulness to his people, that God will never leave us or forsake us. He will never cause something to happen that he will not lead us through, even though we might struggle and even though we might go with loss, that if we have God, we always have hope. And so if Micah's story ends with hope, then every single one of our stories will end with hope because Micah didn't even know the one who was coming. All throughout this book, he prophesies that a king will come from Bethlehem, that somebody will come and make right, that, this, that the temple will be rebuilt and that the entire world will go to him. And we know that person. We know that Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so, church, let us never forget. Let us never stop responding, saying, Jesus, you are the one that we've always been waiting for, and you know where to take us. Jesus, we might not know what doing justice means, but teach us. Teach us as a church as we pray and come to you, as we listen to the stories of the churches and of the people in our city that have this voice that has been affected. What are they saying? Jesus, teach us to walk humbly. Teach us to be a part of doing justice in our city. And then to love kindness, for us to practice this and, and, and forgive one another and be honest with one another and get out all of this ugliness in our heart and to treat each other with kindness and to accept God's kindness. And then to walk humbly to walk this out, to go after it, to keep on doing, to never give up, to never let this fight go to sleep again, but to pick it up and to keep on going. Church, we are never without hope when we know Jesus Christ. And so, I love the story of Micah in our scripture. I love that in all of these prophet stories, prophetic stories, God is not okay with the way that we mistreat his creation and one another. God has something powerful to say, and we will continue to keep on diving in and continue to keep on saying, God, how are you calling us to pursue this justice in our world? And so right now we're going to go into our MC calls. We're going to go wrestle with one another. We're going to pray with one another. We're going to talk to one another. We're going to share, pour out our hearts. Some of us are also going to go to inroads. If, if inroads is where you want to go, please join us on this call. We're going to include the link right after this. But church, let's continue to be listening to the voices of our church that, in our city that we need to be listening to. Continue to pursue justice everywhere that we go. And especially continue to love Jesus together as a community, as one body that we've been called to be. And so we have a couple of prompt questions. Before we go there, I want Michael to pray for us, to pray us out so that we can go out and so that the Holy Spirit can be speaking to us on these MC calls. Yes, let's pray. Father, thank you just so much for your comfort in us. Thank you for seeing those who are disenfranchised and those who are cast out and seem to be lowly in the world. I thank you that you see us, that you have not hid your faith, that you are not somewhere far off, but you are near and you are close to the broken hearted. I pray that as we wrestle, as we see 
uh, your desires for us as the church, as the people who represent you, as the people who are your ambassadors here on earth. I pray that it starts with our heart. That we know that actions without the heart is not acceptable worship towards you. Allow all of us to, to, to worship and honor you and praise you. And even if you have to need to have conversations, whatever we need to do, Father, help us to do them with love and faithfulness. Help us to really do justice, to love kindness, and help us to walk humbly with you. Thank you, Father, for all you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, so I want to end us off with our prompt questions as we go to our MC calls. But the first one I want to ask is, what type of justice are you seeking for? Is it retributive justice, that justice is just punishment, punishment, punishment? Or is it restorative justice? Is it to bring people up and advocate for those uh, who don't have a voice? My second prompt question is this. How have you been treating your neighbors who you disagree with, even those on social media? How have you been treating them? My third question is this. And I actually want to change it up. I had a question written down, but I want to change it um, in light of the, the end of Micah and what we see as this hope. So I want to ask a question. Where do you see the hope that Jesus can bring today? Like, we really believe that Jesus can bring hope. Let us really talk and discuss where that hope can be. All right, church. So let's jump on these MC calls. Let's talk with one another. Let's pray with one another. Let's jump on this inroads call. If you want to know more about our church, if you want to do more, jump in, invest. Um, let's do that right now. We love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye, church. See you, guys.